What's going on, guys? We are back with the 50 Plus One Football Podcast, your home for all things Premier League and Bundesliga. Obviously, today we will be looking at neither of the two, but we will be having a little discussion about the World Cup squads for England and Germany. See what we did there? We're staying with the little the little topics of England and Germany. It's just a little bit of the world stage now for all of you guys out there. And we will also have a look at the World Cup in Qatar, what it means, the happenings and not happenings surrounding this tournament, all that and more right after this. So should we start with the England squad? Because I know you, Billy, have a few things to say about it. Yeah, I think majority, I think a lot of people, most people are very happy with the, with the, the picks of the England team. Okay. So, like the way we'll do it, we'll run through it and and we'll we'll look at notable missions. I think in goal, Pickford, Nick Pope, and Aaron Ramsdale are probably the three best keepers club wise. I was about to say, I don't think there's there's a lot to be said. You know, Aaron Ramsdale he beat out Bandlino at Arsenal when everyone was like, "Why is he gone to Arsenal?" Um, he's having a fantastic season with Arsenal. Obviously, top of the table. Um. Nick Pope, one of the main reasons that they are tied with um, that Newcastle, sorry, are tied with Arsenal for having the best defense in the league. Um, and, you know, Jordan Pickford, he's just been there for so long. And Everton have also turned everything around, more or less. Not just that. I think Jordan Pickford's always been very good for England. For, for all the critics yeah. of his Everton performances sometimes, he's always been very solid for England. And we'll yeah, talk about yeah. the uh, the notable omission in a minute. But defense-wise, John Stones, yeah, okay, picks himself. Eric Dyer, Connor Cody, Ben White, Luke Shaw, Carl Walker, Kieran Trippier, and then the two that I think people are a bit eh, eh about uh, is Harry Maguire and Trent Alexander-Arnold. Trent Alexander-Arnold, for me, I think that's more of a you know necessity nomination than anything else because obviously reese james would have been going to the world cup had he not been injured ben chilwell most likely same deal had he not been injured um i think trent alexander arnold is someone who at this point you just had to nominate because you wouldn't have anyone else for that position like properly um and also, depth-wise, you just need him at this point. So I think that one's a little bit less. Harry Maguire, for me, I mean, I know you'll probably agree with me, but still, like, he just isn't anywhere near what he was at Leicester. And arguably, ever since he's gone to United, he just hasn't been anywhere near worth the price tag that United paid for him. So It's a difficult one. Again, he's one of those ones that's, like similar to Pickford, always played better for England. Especially yeah, Gareth okay. Southgate's back three. He's better on the left hand side of a back three. True, true. When he'll he'll have presumably if you're picking on form, Ben White and John Stones. Hundred percent. Either side. Uh sorry, to uh, to his right. So that's fine. The midfield, Calvin Phillips, okay, very good for England. Declan Rice, fantastic. Jude Bellingham, generational. Jude Bellingham should be starting without a shadow of a doubt. He is better than any of the midfielders of the central midfielders that 
England have nominated right now. Saying De it now. Definitely. Uh, Jordan Henderson, Mason Mount, and James Madison, uh, which I think is the one right. that everyone was like, sure, please. he has to be. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's, please, there's, no, please. there's no negative to not having James Madison. No. Uh, Connor Gallagher is in there, which I think was a, a shock to people. I was um, about to say, yeah. But to his credit, Southgate has said about Conor Gallagher. Um, when you talk about midfielders, you look at do they stop goals, do they create goals, and do they score goals? He does a bit of all that. So he is that. He was fantastic for Palace last year. And, you know, not a lot of people pegged him to be making it into the Chelsea side as often as he has this season. Oh, no, definitely not. And then the forwards, obviously, you've got Harry Kane, Marcus Rashford, Saka, Sterling, uh, the, the surprise package, uh, Callum Wilson from Newcastle. But again, very good this season. Yeah. And then Jack Grealish, who, Boy. okay, yeah, he plays for huh. Man City. And this isn't me laying into him because he plays for Man City. This is, there are better options than Jack Grealish. And we, it's a very good forward line. Forward line for England, fantastic. But we've got some notable notable omissions. Uh, Warprouse in the centre of midfield, like set pieces, yeah, like callers, free kicks, deliveries, next level from Prousey. Tammy Abraham, um, which Gareth Southgate said he's hit a bad run of goal scoring form at the wrong time. Bro, you're taking Harry Maguire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was about to say if you're if you're going to go on form, I think that's one of the main things that things that have that have kind of it's like almost uh you know a theme, if you will, of the national team coaches because Hansi Flick has done it as well, and we'll get to that in a second. But some of the time you're just asking yourself, is it really a a decision made based on form and ability? Or is it just a decision of this guy's been there before? Surely he'll be fine. I, I, you never really know what's going on. Uh, other ones, uh, Dean Henderson. But then again, out of the who three goalkeepers, I was about to say, who are you going to kick out though? Exactly, who are you, if, kick? you can't take four goalkeepers. And out of those three, who are you going to get get rid of? Because you'd think, obviously, Pickford's number one. Yeah. One of Ramsdale and Nick Pope's not playing a game. And that's already a big, big oof. And that's a big goalkeeper to not play a game. Uh, Mark Gerhe from Crystal Palace. Again, it's a good defender. I think maybe it came a little bit too soon. Obviously, yeah. there are future tournaments. Ivan Tony. Yeah, I was um, about to say, Ivan Tony. I would have pegged to... But, I mean, if if you're going to look at it in that sense, did England really have a big injury or someone that they had to omit so that Ivan Tony could come in because I'd argue Ivan Tony and for instance, Niklas Fulkug are somewhat the same. Well, Callum Wilson scored, I think it's 12 or 13 goals since the start of last season. Uh, Ivan Tony has 23 and Tammy Abraham has 31. So, yeah. Okay. But, well, you know, I mean, yeah. uh, there's also other stuff going on around Ivan Tony, which we won't get into because it's utter crap from the tabloid press digging up shit from years ago. I was going to say the whole betting thing. The other, the other two, Jared Bowen, 
who I yep. think it's very unfair because he plays very well for West Ham. And Jaden Sancho. Now, when I told you he wasn't in the squad, you were visibly shocked by that because he is a good player. You don't lose all that skill and all that ability. But I was so yeah, say, a, a lot a, of people, a but, right? A lot because... of people are writing Sancho off. Okay, and I think we're jumping the gun a bit here. Okay, there's been some displays where you look at it and go, okay, that's not why, you know, you, you, we paid up to the best part of 70 odd million for you. That's not what we expect from you. Yeah. But as this team gets better, he will get better. And you don't lose what he had at Dortmund overnight. No, you don't. But on the other hand, the big but, which is where I can kind of understand Gareth Southgate is if you look, I mean, I know stats are definitely not everything, but for someone of Jaden Sancho's stature, two goals and an assist in 10 appearances in the Prem, they don't wow anyone. They're, but also, you know, if you, if you look at Jack Grealish, for instance, it's almost a parallel, if you will. Because Jack Grealish, in my opinion, also hasn't wowed this season. Well, Jack Grealish has made eight appearances in the Premier League and scored once. Exactly. So, so arguably, it's, it's, exactly. it's a worse record than Jaden Sancho. I think it's a case of you pick one or the other. Yeah. And in that sense, it can you could have gone either way. So we're, that's why I wouldn't slide it too much. But both players definitely were in better form last season. Um and this season is just both of them haven't worked out whatsoever. Well, you can you can use it one of two ways. You can use it as a you can wallow in self pity and become depressed, or <laughs> you can use it as a revenge arc almost. Come back in the in the second half of the season and a big fuck you to Gareth Southgate for not. This is what I can do. Exactly. Uh, think Leroy Sané being left out of the World Cup twenty eighteen, for instance. The only thing I take exception to, and this is by no means just uh, just them doing it, but people piling on Jaden Sancho. Um, because people like saying the biggest shock isn't that he wasn't there in the squad. It's the fact that he wasn't part of people's conversation. But everyone's going, oh, he should be in and he should be in. When you've then got Ryan there, who are, you know, They've all of a sudden become banter FC. Scum like... <laughs> budget airline anyway. Going, oh, don't worry, Jaden, we'll still fly you somewhere. Piling on someone that already probably feels pretty shit during Men's Mental Health Awareness Month isn't a great look. And obviously people are going, oh, well, it's only a bit of banter. But imagine how you would feel. Well, yeah, obviously. In that situation. And, you know, obviously Ryanair, you know, what's that Obi-Wan Kenobi quote? Uh, about Moss Eisley, you will never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. <laughs> it would be like oh, some budget German, like Deutsche Air or something. Is that a real airline? No. Well, they are. Well, we now. we have, we have. I was about to say we we have. Uh, we've got a couple. We've got Condor. We've got uh, Eurowings, German Wings. There we go. German Wings <laughs> tw tweeting. Oh, it's okay, Mats. We'll uh, we'll take you somewhere. Yeah. Um, just looking at that squad before we move on to Germany. How far do you think that squad goes? 
as someone who isn't English, and the minute that squad was announced, you know, the Lightning Seeds, Three Lions starts playing on every radio station. In all honesty, quarterfinal, maybe semis. Fair. I can't, yeah, it's difficult after the Euros for me to be optimistic about it because a lot of players have had a noticeable drop-off. That's my point. In, in all, but I think also in all, in all honesty, the the chemistry and the and the team that basically was driving England so far in that tournament was just it was a different breed. It was one of those things where you realize. I mean, you know, we've been watching football long enough now to realize that every time a team wins, it's not just because you have a bunch of informed players. It's also because of the team chemistry and the team that kind of grows together. And, you know, you saw those pictures from like the team camp from the England team camp at the Euros, you know, Bukayo Saka is getting made fun of for, or he's, or not made fun of everyone's praising or jumping on the hype that he's, you know, jumping around in a swimming pool with a big blow up unicorn. And everyone's just like, you know, that is everyone just sees that that team is having fun and basically loving life um that's not the same feel that i'm getting right now in all honesty the players that england have nominated are good some of them are even great but i think the whole team growing together is just for the fact that the tournament is having so or has so little time to or the players have so little time to prepare between playing a league game for their clubs and going to the tournament and that not allowing a team to kind of form the national team has to have been playing a lot together, you know, in the last few years. And I think the squads changed a little bit too much. Yeah, I, I can see that. And I, it's difficult to argue with you. I think one thing I did see was uh, someone criticizing Southgate for um oh here it is. I don't care that Tamori wasn't picked for England. However, I do care that he was given a single cap on a last possible game before he was allowed to change to Nigeria, clearly to tie him up. I wager had he had he not done that, he'd be going to the World Cup. Oh, 100 percent I agree. With either because I think he could play for Canada as well. Is it? Damn. I think so. Don't quote well, me on that. But um Yeah, but no, I I, I see what I think that is also 100 percent true. And in all honesty, I'd even go as far to say that Tamori deserved a spot in that squad more than Harry Maguire did. Well, I mean, one one Serie A last season and was one of the best defenders in the league, and one is consistently criticised for poor performances. So, <laughs> but one is going to the World Cup and one isn't, and. It's not what you think it is. So <laughs> one of these things does not belong. <laughs> exactly. Or it's like it's like that meme where Big Bird is is in with a bunch of Navy SEALs about to break into some factory. You say that, he'll go and score the winning goal against Germany in a semi-final now. No. Speaking of I, I was about to say, I speaking one, speaking of and two, we're not getting that far. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's just not happening. <laughs> And I'm I'm going to use this time for a second to say I don't want to get this far. 
Because hear me out, right? Imagine you win this World Cup. You cannot celebrate it in the same sense that you would have celebrated a win in 2014, a win in 2010, or a win in 2006. It is stained. I love how you've completely omitted 2018 because that was Germany's worst World Cup in years. Oh, no. I'm also omitting 2018 because 2018 arguably has... It's not got the same type of stain that this one will have, but the World Cup being awarded to Russia was also somewhat dubious. But, yeah, okay, 2018, fine. We can take that one into account as well. But this World Cup has a stain like no other World Cup has on it. Because it's just, it made no sense to give it to Qatar in the first place. There was no logical explanation. It was clearly bought. And it's built on the corpses of 15,000 immigrant workers who had who died in brutal, inhumane working conditions building 10 sta- or nine stadiums and refurbishing another three in a country that just clearly from top to bottom was not fit to wor- to host a world cup simple as i mean we we and we haven't even covered the fact that you know this is one of the most you know conservative almost middle like middle ages soci- type society where you know the official one of the official World Cup ambassadors Khalid Salman said that homosexual people have a mental health problem in 2022. This is a country where we're playing the World Cup. This this is and this is the thing coming back to my original point. I don't have a single problem if Germany crashes and burns in this World Cup or gets kicked out in the quarterfinals, which I think is where is the furthest we're going to go i don't have a problem with it because this world cup is just from top to bottom going to go down in history as one of the worst if not the worst world cup ever to be in existence i again like you make the right points and i'll be honest i've loved the tifos in the bundesliga the last few weeks where it's just basically telling qatar to fuck off yeah and you know, literally, I, could the uh, Qatar well, World Cup can act like for me as a football fan, it is one of the worst things ever because you want to, all of us want to love a World Cup and the excitement of a World Cup every four years. It's the biggest sporting event on the planet without a shadow of a doubt. And it's just with one fail swoop been made, it's not even a laughing stock, it's just an absolute embarrassment. And also, it's infuriating. Yeah, like I should be buzzing to work this World Cup, and I'm just not. No, you you just think you're just like oh, literally. I'm I'm. First of all, it's freaking freezing for everyone in Europe. Like I'm not. You know, when I'm when I'm thinking World Cup, I'm thinking barbecue. Everyone's in shorts and 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 the kit, um, going outside. A million people um, on the streets during public viewings, and you know everyone's drinking beer, and you know that's the World Cup, not freaking outside. It's you know freezing temperatures, and it gets dark at four in the afternoon. 
and I'm you know going to be drinking some mold wine instead because I'm freezing my balls off. Yeah, I... this World Cup is just. I'm sorry, this world as slogan. This World Cup is shit, and we haven't even started it. Yeah, I. It's difficult to want to win or want to do well. It's yeah, it's like well, uh, Gary Neville, big outspoken on the issues in, in Qatar. Not only is he working for us at ITV, he's also doing, I think it's BN, which is yeah. a Middle East-based broadcaster. So he's criticizing whilst taking the money. And he did a, a news panel show uh, called How, uh, Have I Got News For You in the UK? I don't know whether you've got anything similar in Germany, but there's a, one of the regular panelists on there questioned him on it. Yeah. And he was like, well, you can either not go and don't not have the right to call these things into question or you can go and you can call them into question it's like well no you can not take the qataris money and still call them into question that's that's also one of the things that i would have loved to see from more people because you know like the norwegian you know, you know the norwegian boycott of qatar is just it's an empty threat because they weren't going to make I it i was going to say they weren't there anyway the <laughs> exactly. one i do like the one i do like is denmark yeah, but they've been blocked by FIFA from do from displaying anything on their training kits or any jacket anthem jackets or what have you. Yeah, but uh Hummel have made the badge, the sponsor yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. almost clear. Um in some sort of protest. All the uh, Manuel Neuer, Leon Goretzka, I think Harry Kane's spoken out about it as well. So Yeah, but here's also what someone's thing. getting arrested, aren't they? Just they're just gonna throw their toys out of the pram, aren't they? Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is that a lot of European um, captains have said, yeah, we're going to wear this one love uh, captain's armband. Oh, it means fuck all, though. Like, it, First of all, it doesn't mean anything. And second of all, it's it's like you don't even have or because FIFA and Qatar are going to block it, they can't even wear the rainbow flag. The rainbow flag armband like they did at the Euros would have meant so much more. But, you know, this one love armband is just it. It's basically like, oh, you know, we can't quite do the rainbow armband, so we're going to do something like that. It just takes away from the symbolism. You know, the the LGBTQ community didn't, you know, fight for their rights under a flag that said one love with every combination of colors that you can find. They fought under, you know, they had the they were unified by the rainbow flag. So taking this one love armband is literally just, you know, it's it's just a feeble attempt. And I don't like I I think it's just it just isn't it doesn't say enough. No, it doesn't. Shall we finish with the Germany squad that you don't think is gonna get very far anyway before we uh spiral off into yes. a political podcast? Of course. Um Goalkeepers, obviously, no surprises there. Those are the three best goalkeepers that Germany has to offer. You've got, you know, Manuel Neuer, who is just the best goalkeeper probably to ever play so far. Testing is just unlucky that he had to contend with Manuel Neuer. Otherwise, he would have been Germany's number one. And Kevin Trapp, you know, Europa League winner. Frankfurt are the, basically the team to beat this season. Um, 
well, I say the team to beat, but you know, they are the team of the season so far. We said it a couple of episodes ago. Um, no real surprises. Defense is where it gets a little bit weirder. You know, Antonio Ludiga, for me, he's going to start. Um, then Niklas Hüdl, Nico Schlotterbeck, definitely. I can see why. Um, David Raum, you need a left back, even though his season so far with Leipzig has been less than stellar. And Lukas Klostan. This guy got injured on the first match day of the Bundesliga. And then just this past match day against Freiburg, he was on the bench for Leipzig. And that was his first appearance back, coming back after the injury. And he's going to the World Cup. This guy hasn't seen play for the better part of two to three months. And he's going to the World Cup. I have no idea why. Absolutely none. He's made one appearance all season. That just, you know, Florian Wirtz isn't going to the World Cup because he had an ACL tear in the spring. And it's just not, you know, he won't have had enough time to, you know, get back up to playing level, even though he is fit and he's starting, he's already started to train again. And he's looking to break into the Leverkusen squad any day now. He's not going to the World Cup. To then turn around and say Lukas Klusemann is also going to the World Cup, even though he is more or less a week or two ahead of Florian Wirtz in terms of recovery, for me, is just baffling. Well, we'll go through uh, the omissions in a sec, but yeah, that is it is weird. I think. Well, I mean, the the others are probably good enough cover, but I, I'm I'm fully in in, um, in agreement with you know nominating Christian Günther and Matthias Ginter from Freiburg because Freiburg also is, they've had a great season. Tilo Kera, eh, but I guess you could. It was. Also, one of those things like either you nominate him or Benjamin Henrichs from Leipzig, and both have kind of had eh seasons. Bella Kotschap from Southampton. Big he, a, he yeah he had a good season for Bochum last year, and then he you know he obviously finessed a move into the Premier League because of his good performances, but it you know it's been said that. You know, Hansi Flick, and this kind of is a perfect segue into the emissions, really, because Hansi Flick, or a lot of people have said, you know, it was Bella Kotschap instead of Hummels. And Hansi Flick had, his reasoning for leaving out Hummels was, I want to, it was like a mix of, I want to, you know, have more of the youth players in there. And, you know, it was just, it was a gut decision. And that's where I'm kind of like, hmm. That's not enough reasoning for me to leave out Mats Hummels because in my opinion, he's been Dortmund's best defender, most consistent defender, and he's brings with a breadth of experience. I don't know. You can't you can't stick around for it forever though. Yeah, you know, but like Spain Spain haven't taken Sergio Ramos. Yeah, but here's a di- here's the difference. Sergio Ramos is not playing that big of a role at PSG anymore, or he's not, you know, he's not the main center back where everyone's like, oh, he has to be in the PSG lineup every single game. Mats Hummels, he worked extremely hard because he saw Dortmund were getting in Zule and Schlotterbeck. 
He worked extremely hard on his fitness levels, and he was the he's been the most consistent defender this season. There's a big difference. You know, even if you don't take Bella, if even if you take Bella Kochab, leave out Lu Lukas Klostermann and take uh Mats Hummels with you. The only reasoning I can think is that um because Mats Hummels is a guy who doesn't shy away from criticism or self-criticism, that Hansi Flick just didn't want another alpha dog basically in the squad. That if he had said that as reasoning, that would have been much more understandable. Still would have wouldn't have agreed with it, but at least it'd be a proper reason. Yeah, true. I think I'm of the opinion he should have left Dortmund. Um I I said it in yesterday's episode. The Rio Ferdinand argument. Yeah. So I'm not gonna yeah. go into it again. Um so shall we move on to midfield before you uh burst a vein in your forehead i was about to say um well with germany ever since we lost mario gomez we don't and mules left closer we don't have a midfield and an attack we just have midfield slash attacking players so uh <laughs> you know joshua kimmich leon goretzka thomas muller jamal musiala basically all seven bayern players kimmich goretzka muller musiala sané gnabry picked themselves the only yeah. interesting thing would be I'd wager that Goretzka might have to sit on the bench and they play two center defensive midfielders of Kimmich and Gundogan. That's the only one where I'm a little bit, you know, mm, that could be... And then what? You play Musiala? Musiala is, yeah, Musiala is a center attacking mid and then Sané on the left, Gnabry on the, on the right. And, and what Kai Havertz false nine? Adi yep. Amy. Kai Havertz false nine, probably. I'll say false nine. Probably play him as a nine because he has done so for Chelsea as well. Obviously, there's three interesting ones. Maybe four if you include Julian Brandt. Yeah. Um Nicholas Fulkrug from Verda. We said it already a few episodes ago. He should be going, especially because one of the big omissions. Obviously, because of injury, is Timo Werner. Definitely. Uh, Yusufa Makoko becoming Deser Germany's youngest ever player at a World Cup, potentially. Deserves it. 100%. He's the youngest player in the Bundesliga to score 10 goals. Which is ridiculous. Kid is... 17. Mustard. He's 17. He's turning uh, 18 soon. And it's... And the uh, the biggest surprise... Well, maybe not if you watch him play. The winner of the 2014 World Cup. His boot is on display in the museum. Uh, Mario Goetze is back in the World Cup squad. First and time in the Germany uh, kit in five years. And I'm very happy. He deserved it. He deserved it. It was so deserving. But we, we spoke about him when we lauded and sort of you know fawned over um frankfurt frankfurt <laughs> that he did his he did his time at psv yeah he's come back and he's now key along with randall kono moani yeah to how frankfurt play 100 percent. i think um jonas hofmann also from gladbach uh coming in 
he obviously before his shoulder injury, um, which he's just getting, he just got fit in time. So he played uh, last weekend in the loss against Bochum. Um, he also, before his injury, was great. And I think he can still be of uh, of help. Kalim Adiemi, definitely, along with Mukoku, basically having those striking, those young striking options. And just having young players there who can basically who are just still young enough that they don't care um to a certain extent about being flashy or not being flashy if if that makes sense i know i slammed Adiemi for being too flashy at dortmund and costing them but i think at a world cup that's exactly what you need and especially at a world cup where i i'm arguing that germany aren't winning it um i think it's just great for those young players to be able to showcase what they can do And the one thing I like about the World Cup is there's always a breakout star. Obviously, 2014, exactly. we had James Rodriguez. Uh, what was it? 2010, Thomas Muller. Yeah. When, was it Maradona thought he was the ball boy? And then he put uh, uh, he put Argentina out of, the, out of its misery with a 4-0. <laughs> so there we go. So who's going to be the, the breakout star of this one? I keep an eye. On Makoko, yeah, 100%. for Germany. I think for England, obviously Jude Bellingham. Yeah, you can't not. Yeah, but the thing is, is Jude Bellingham would he be a breakout star? Because I'd argue he's already a star yeah. in, his, in his own right. It's his first major tournament, though. Fair enough. People fair were enough, already yeah. lording over Hammers Rodriguez before before yeah. he went to Brazil in 2014. Yeah, yeah, and also. The great thing about the World Cup, the size of the squad is there's always one dog shit player <laughs> that wins a World Cup. So, you know, for England, it'll be Connor Cody. Yeah, here's, but I'll, I'll give you the reasoning as to why I don't think Germany are making it far, and it's the defense. There is not a center back partnership right now where I'd say that's rock solid. Left back David Raum very little experience on the international stage. He's only playing his first season of international club football with Leip Leipzig this time around. And, you know, he's just barely broken into the Germany squad a couple of international breaks ago. There's a lot of inexperienced players in, in our back line in general. And I just think, you know, the saying goes, Attack wins you games, defense wins you championships. Our attack will win us games, but our defense will ultimately let us down when we, you know, if we come up against an Argentina or a Brazil or a France, our defense is letting us down. Well, I say letting us down, but they just won't be able to cope. You say that. I think, obviously, Germany, well, since Philip Lahm, haven't um, had a, a, a right proper, back. Yeah. It's not. Well, Christian Gunter, I think. Yeah, Christian Gunter is a is a left back. He can still play it right. Yeah, but so Tilo Keller has been playing there for West Ham. So yeah, but, but that's I'd, probably I'd, why I'd... I would have taken Benjamin Hendricks. Exactly, because I'd argue that Tilo Keller doesn't get in over uh, Gunter. Well, I think that's probably a good place to leave it. Let us know how you think Germany and England will get on, and. Uh, we're going to be a little bit quiet during the World Cup, uh, mainly through work. Uh, I'm very sorry. 
Well, I mean, we, we we do have to make money. This this doesn't pay well enough, sadly. So there are bills to pay, but <laughs> we will be bills. doing things like uh, pictures of the day, like throwbacks to previous World Cups. We will be doing things like uh, putting memories and things like that of, of experiences of World Cups. We might ask other people to do and send us memories of their best World Cup. But don't think that we're not doing anything for this world cup we will of course be doing a rundown episode after this tournament finishes leave you with our thoughts on the whole tournament see uh if it really does live up to how bad we're all uh thinking it will be but yeah that is our plan and also don't forget that we do still have one more week of club football which we will, of course, be giving you our thoughts on and much more. But thank you very much for listening, guys. Keep calm and love the beautiful game.